0: He's the only one that we know of that, that actually um, died a natural death. All the other disciples were uh, martyred. You know, um, they, were, they were killed for, Jesus, for the name of Jesus Christ. But John was the last one uh, surviving out of all the disciples. And this is the last book in the Bible. Revelation was the last one written, um, which is very important to note. Because uh, coming back at the end, it, gives, it always makes me feel like this is a conclusion of all the scriptures that were written to us. And I like to look at the book of Revelation very closely and see what it says. Today we have a lot of people with a lot of different doctrines that um, they say they're getting from the scriptures. They say that things have changed. And one, thing, one point I do want to bring up, and I want you to remember this, is um, Jesus before the cross, before the, he died on the cross... He preached on the Sermon of Mount Matthew chapter 5, and he preached about uh, what it would take to get to heaven uh, with the rich young ruler, with the lawyer. They, he was asked, what do I need to do to, to have eternal life? Which were important, very, very important questions because that's the most important question in my mind that someone could ever ask. That's, that's what, one thing that everybody needs to get right because eternity is a long, long time. I mean, if you take, if, if eternity was from that wall to that wall... Uh, then our life would still be right here if you lived to be 100 years old. Because that, that, what's going to matter more, that little 100 years of this, but that 100 year years is what's going to make the difference if you, if you live for all of eternity in heaven with the Lord or you live all of eternity in hell. It's what happens in that 100 years that's over here that you just, that little bitty life, compared to, and you're, giving, you're selling out that little bitty life for all of this, which is totally crazy to me. So I want to make sure in my life that I got it right, Especially if you're older, you know, and you don't have much time left and you know that you're not going to live another 20 years or 30 years or whatever it might be. Then you certainly want to know that your time is running out and you best get it right. But you don't. But a person can't wait until they get to that point and and think, well, they're going to do it. Most people, because their heart becomes callous because they refuse the calling of the Lord so many times in their life that their, their conscience becomes seared with a hot iron. So that's why the Lord says today is the acceptable day. Now is the day of salvation. You don't put it off. You get things right right away. So but here I want to point out that in the, in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, which are the four Gospels of Jesus Christ, we see a lot of things written, written that It says that talks about Jesus of, of obeying the things that Jesus said in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that Gospel, Jesus said what was necessary to make it. He said, why do you and, and Luke's uh with 646? He said, why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I say? He told the woman that was caught in adultery and, and she was caught there and, and um, Jesus began to ride on the floor and, and on, on the ground and, and, and he, he released her and he, and, she, and he told her this. He says, go and sin no more. He told the man that was at Bethesda that had been, had an ailment for 38 years and trying to get into the water and, um, and, and, and be healed when the waters would move. And Jesus said, would you be healed? He said, yes, but nobody puts me in the water. And Jesus took him. He said, rise up and walk. And he took up his bed and walked. And Jesus told him, he says, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. He told the rich young ruler that came to him and asked him, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And he told him, well, you know, the commandments. Keep the commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not do all these commandments. And he said, Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear witness. And, and he told him to, to do those things and you would live. And he said, One thing you lack, go sell all that you have, give to the poor and come follow me. He told the lawyer, when the lawyer asked him, What do I need to do to have eternal life? And he told the lawyer, he says, What's written in the law? And he told him that he needed to, to, to do what's written, what's written in the law. Which today, what everybody thinks, because... People will say today, well, well, that was before the cross. That was before Jesus died on the cross and resurrected. That we are are under a different dispensation and a different covenant today. So that you don't really need to obey what Jesus said anymore. Which is really ridiculous. Jesus said this, he, he said that not one tittle will pass from the law until everything is fulfilled. And whoever teaches men to break one of the least of my commandments... And does so shall be called least in the kingdom of God. But whoever teaches and obeys my commandments shall be called greatest in the kingdom of God. He said, I came not to destroy the law. But I came to fulfill it. And he came to add to it. He said, "It is written, it was written before thou shalt not commit adultery. But he said, I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her in his heart has already committed adultery with her. So Jesus, he says, it has been said an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that... If if one he on one cheat turns him the other other, other also and resists not evil. So Jesus added a lot to what was go- to the law that was already there, the moral law. So here we are, we have today false preachers saying, "No, you don't need to obey. You don't need to obey God to get to heaven. Everybody's going to sin. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to do this." And when Jesus said in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. We know that he's not talking about being perfect in knowledge and, and understanding. We know that. But he's talking about a moral excellency of walking in the, in, the, in the ways of the Lord, walking in the commandments of the Lord. Matter of fact, it says in the New Testament, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. He says, the one that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth's not in him. But all these things, that what's happened today is the modern day. What's called church, which is a false church today, says, listen, all you really need to do, you need to come forward to an altar, accept Jesus as your Savior, ask him to forgive you for your sins, and you're saved in your sin. Jesus never said that, neither did any of his disciples ever say it. But that is a religion today. Now, this is what I want to show you. They want to say that before the cross of Jesus Christ, that before you you had to obey those things that Jesus said, but not afterward. They want to say you're released from the law. You're no longer under the law, under the moral law even. And that if you sin, it's okay because you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. But what I want to show you in the book of Revelation, and as we go through the book of Revelation, I want you to keep in mind this is the last book written in the New Testament and in the Bible. Written by the last disciple. If what they say had been true of what was spoken, if what they said, please pay close attention to what I'm saying, if what? Is something popping? Is that better? But can they hear me? Everybody can hear Everything's good on that? Okay, good. Okay, all right. Okay, this, this is the point, guys. If what they say was true today, that all you really need to do is accept Jesus as your Savior, ask Him to forgive you, Come into your heart, and you are saved, born again, is what they say. If that were true, then I want to show you something what Jesus said in the last book of the last of the last chapter of the book of Revelation. The last book, Revelation chapter twenty two, is the last chapter in the book of Revelation. It's the end. It's that. It's judgment has appeared. Everyone is being judged. The world has come to an end, and this is what Jesus says himself. The same Jesus that spoke before the cross, before the resurrection, comes back at the very end and says, this is what it's going to take to get in. Revelation chapter 22, some of the last verses, and we'll start in verse 12. He says, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. Now I want you to pay close attention because you will hear these words again, I promise you. You will hear these words again, I promise you. Some of you will hear it sooner than others will hear it, but everyone will hear these words. So now you have time today to prepare your heart for these words that he's going to speak to you. He's going to say, I want to know, I'm going to judge you according to how you live of what you did. Not by going forward in an altar, not by accepting him, but but what you did in your life. He said, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. Listen to this closely. Verse 14, blessed are they that do his commandments. Well, uh, well, today they preach, you don't need to do his commandments to get to heaven. They preach, all you need to do is do the other. You're not bound by the commandments anymore. You don't need no baby. You're still going to go to heaven and and break the commandments. You're still going to lie every now and then. You know what the Bible says in Revelation 21? If you lie one time, you're going to to the lake of fire. One time. Oh, you said, Don, you preach fire and brimstone. I'm not. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. If you lie one time, you're going to hell. Oh, that can't be right. Oh, the masses don't say so you don't. That's what the Bible says. Read it. Revelation 20, 21, verse what, 7. Verse 7. He said they go to the lake of fire. But, he says, but they, say, they say, oh, no, you don't need to do that. Why? Because that's the, that's the message of the enemy. The enemy, the devil, has been lying to, ever since he lied to Eve in the garden. He told her you can eat the fruit of the tree. When God said don't eat it, that was the commandment of God. And, she, and the devil told her you can eat it and you won't die. The devil will tell you that you can sin and you won't die. You can lie and you won't die. It's a lie. He is the father of all lies. He's been lying from the beginning he's lying now. You say, why do you keep saying this? Because it's important. Because it's worth repeating over and over again until somebody gets it. And their life actually changes. This is the message. If, if, if what they are saying out there were true, why would Jesus come back in the last chapter and say this, blessed are they, that do his commandments. That they may have the right to the tree of life. When you eat of the tree of life, remember that was in the midst of the garden, when you eat of the tree of life, you never die again. That's why God took Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden so that they wouldn't eat of the tree of life after they had sinned because then they would have never died again. But you're going to eat of the tree of life. The tree of life makes you young again. Makes you gives you a new body and you never die. He said, but those who keep them, my commandments, they're going to eat of the tree of life. Look at what he says. And may enter in through the gates into the city. They're getting in. You keep God's commandments, you're going to get in. What if you don't keep his commandments? You're not going in. Simple, right? That's the requirement to get in. For outside are dogs. And sorcerers. I don't mean literal, physical dogs. It means like, like, like those that are unclean, those that didn't walk with the Lord. Sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loveth and makes a lie will not enter in. That's why the book of Revelation is so important. People don't see it. They think, oh, well, I just believe what my pastor tells me. Or I just believe what, what history tells me that someone. Man, it's right here. It's real clear. Just read it. If you think you messed up in the middle of, of somewhere, that Jesus is saying the same thing he said before the cross, before the resurrection, as he says after the cross and after the resurrection. It's the same message. His message never changed. Obedience is necessary for salvation. Without obedience, there's no salvation. Without obedience, there's no getting in. So, Don, you always preach the same thing. Well, once you get this, we'll move on. This is important. Extremely important. Now we can start in Revelation chapter (laughs) 2. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, we talked about uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, John sees him. He's got this revelation. He sees, he sees, uh, he sees Jesus, and, he, and, and it's just glorious what he sees. He says his eyes were like flames. His feet were like a brass. Um, it, it, he, he had a sharp sword coming out of his mouth. He you know, it, it was just glowing. And here he begins to say, I'm going to speak to the seven churches. These seven churches were in Asia Minor. Which today sometimes, which then even was called Turkey. A lot of these churches were in in, in Turkey, and we talked about the first church, and the first church was uh, was which church? It was the it, it was the uh, it was the church of Ephesus, and the church of Ephesus had, were doing some good things, but they lacked one thing. They they had forgotten. They they had to go back to their first love. They be, began to get to get more, more uh, dim. And the Lord says to them to do the works, their first works and return to the, to the love. But as we see every one of these churches at the end, he says, to him that overcomes, he, to, he tells them, to him that overcomes, will I, uh, uh, he says, I'll give the, of the tree of life to eat, which is in the midst of paradise. We just saw the tree of life uh, in, in Revelation chapter 22. And here he's saying, to him that overcomes, I'm gonna give the tree of life to eat. What if you don't want to overcome? You don't get the tree of life. Then we went to the church of Smyrna last week. And uh, the church of Smyrna was, was, that church was doing good. They were walking in obedience to the Lord. The Lord was uh, encouraging them and, and happy with them. And they they were standing up and some of them were being killed. And some of them were going in tribulation. And some of them were going to prison for the Lord. Some of He said, you know, Satan will throw some of you in prison. And, but, but hold fast because I have a crown of life for you. Even to death, hold fast. Don't let go. So here we are today in verse 12. We're going to start in verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, right, which is in Turkey, these things saith he which hath the sharp sword with the two edges. Who is that? Who's the one with the sharp sword and the two edges? Look at verse 16 of chapter 1. This is when, Paul, when John was seeing Jesus and he would describe what he saw. And he said, in verse 16, he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shining in the strength. So this is talk. Jesus is speaking here. He's the one with the sharp, with a, a sharp sword with two edges. He says, I know your works, verse 13, and where you live and where Satan's seat is. And, thou, and you hold fast my name and has not denied my faith even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, martyr was, Antipas was a faithful saint of the Lord a man of God who got killed for the Lord who was slain among you where Satan dwells Pergamus uh, back then was a place where they had a lot of false god idol worship they had these temples and all where they worshipped these idols of Zeus and, and different idols, a lot of different gods. They, they were It's like Satan was just real prevalent there. As a matter of fact, they would, um, they would go to such an extent that uh, in, in becoming one with them, they were told that they would um, drink wine until they were drunk, and then they would eat raw flesh offered to idols, and this would make them one with their false god. And, uh, and, and they, they actually taught, um, basically there was Gnostics there. And some of you are familiar with Gnostics or Ameniteism, which, which taught them that they could sin with their flesh and it didn't matter because their spirit wasn't sinning. So they could let their flesh do whatever it wanted and it really wasn't sin as long as their spirit and their spirit was not sinning. This was a false doctrine that John came against in 1 John. Uh, because they would not admit that they had sinned because they said their spirit's not sinning even though they were committing all this sexual immorality and everything. They would not admit it. That's why John had said, John one eight. a lot of people get that verse um, confused when, when he said, that, uh, said there that um, he's a liar and the truth's not in him. Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't say that they had sinned even though they had been doing these things. So there was horrible doctrines there. And he said, so he said, you're you where Satan's, Satan's seat is. He says in verse 3, I know you work, and where you dwell, where Satan's seat is. It was such a darkness in that area in Pergamos that John would talk about. Antipas was one that was a bishop or a pastor there, and they would always try to mimic the things that Jesus did. And Antipas kept standing up for the Lord and saying, listen, I saw the Lord turn water into wine. I testified, I mean, I saw it. I saw the Lord raise Lazarus from the dead. He says, I'm testifying. And they hated him because he was testifying of what he saw himself when Jesus was there. And that, so they told him he needed to deny this because they said they even had a hospital where you go to a hospital and they, they bring him in there and they said to Zeus and that the false gods would heal you during the night. And they wouldn't. And and, but then they would see it. He says, man, I'll show you the the Lord did this. I'm I'm telling you right out in front. He did in front of everybody. He healed. He cast out devils. He did all these different things. And they finally got fed up with him and they killed him. So that's why I said that's where Antipas, God's servant, was uh, the faithful one, was was uh, killed. Verse 14, he says, but I have a few things against you. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. Who knows the story of Balak and Balaam? Anybody know the story of that? Let's go back to the book of Numbers. Let's talk about that a little bit. Chapter 22. The children of Israel were going through the wilderness. God had brought them out of Egypt. They had crossed the Red Sea. They had seen the miracle of God, how the Egyptians had drowned in the Red Sea and God had delivered them. God had drained manna down from heaven. He gave them water out of the rock. They, began to, they, they saw miracles. God was destroying the enemy wherever they went. They, they, usually Israel would go through and they needed to pass through because they were on their way to the land of Canaan. Remember the land of promise, the land that flowed with milk and honey, a prosperous land that God had promised them. And on their journey to get to the, from where they were in Egypt and crossing the Red Sea, they had a journey to take. And, through that, and that journey took them through the wilderness. That's very likened to our walk. You know, as we walk in the Lord, we go through different trials, different temptations, different things that we go through and, or test. And they, go, they went through hunger. They went through thirst. They went through with, with enemies. And the Lord said, I want you to trust me through whatever you go to. And the Lord does the same to us, that where we're not moved by the things that come into our lives, where we're steadfast walking in the will and the strength of God. And here they are, they, they're going through Egypt and um, the Lord is just doing miracles. They really blessed. God is just blessing the Israelites. And there are, the, they are the people of God as they are following the Lord at this point. And the, the, uh, here we are, in chapter 22, reading verse 1. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side, Jordan, Jordan, by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zephor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. He saw that Israel had destroyed the Amorites. I mean, they didn't have a chance. And all of a sudden, this guy, uh, Balak, sees them coming his direction to Moab, and he's scared. He's really afraid. And Moab was, was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was, this, was stressed out because of the children of Israel. And Moab said to, elders, to the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that is around us, as the ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of Moab of the Moabites at that time. So he sent messengers to a prophet named Balaam. Balaam was the son of as- Beor and Pithor, which is in the river of the land of Such- And he says, Behold, the people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth and they abide over against me. And he says, come, come now, Balaam. Therefore, I pray thee and curse this people for me. Curse Israel. So that they won't kill. He, don't, he was afraid. He, he knew if he could get Balaam to curse Israel, then he would he, be out of danger. And uh, for they are too mighty for me. Uh, I won't be able to prevail lest they smite me. Come, and, and curse them, and I will bless you, and I know that whoever you bless, they bless, and whoever you curse, they are cursed. So the elders uh, of Moab uh, sent 50 princes to, to Balaam to try to get him to come. Say, man, come, the, the king's going to reward you with all these gifts, and gives you all these, all this money, and all make you really prosperous, and set you up on high, and all you have to do is just come and, and, and curse Israel. That's all you have to do, is come curse them. And, uh, so they came to him and they made requests and Balaam said, well, let me go ahead and stay tonight and let me pray and ask God. Uh, and uh, and so verse 12 says, and God said to Balaam, thou shall not go with them. Thou shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam told him, I can't go. God said, don't go. So the, so Mo So uh, Balaam sent. 50 more princes, more higher than the other ones. It offered him more. And he kept doing it until Balaam decided he was basically, like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And you remember the story of the donkey, right? You might remember the story how he was on the way and uh, trying to go and, and the donkey kind of kind of squatted down. and wouldn't move and he's kicking the donkey and he's getting all over the donkey and the donkey's just sitting there and he's cursing him and hitting him and everything. And, and uh, the donkey talked to him. The donkey got an audible voice in, in Hebrew. <laughs> and he says, uh, and the donkey told him, why are you, why are you curse me? Haven't I been faithful to you all this time and, and done what you don't wanted? I always took you everywhere you wanted. Why are you doing this to me? And when he did that, the eyes of Balaam were opened, and he saw this great big man with a sword in his hand, an angel, God, that an angel says to him, you know what? It, you, you hit on your donkey, and you did all this thing to him. If it would have been for him. I'd have killed you if you'd have just kept coming. You need to listen to the animal. <laughs> he told him, he, and, and so forth. But he didn't listen. So, he, so then he, he he went on. He he finally got to um, to to Moab, and so Moab. Uh, so Balak, go ahead. So he kept going after, the, after he saw the angel. Yeah, the angel removed out the way, and he said, you know, he let he let him pass. Yeah. So but he, in he this instance that
1: we're reading right here uh, in Numbers, God told him not to go. He still,
0: he, we went. He God told him not to go to the next time. He, he was insisted on going, and then God allowed him to go. But the angel stood in the thing God allowed him to go. But God's will was that he not go, but he he, he wanted to go. So because he, he was he went after the money. He wanted he wanted the reward. So he gets there and he and he gets up and he, and and um, Balaam t- Balaam tells Balaam he says listen. I need like five oxen. I need all this to make the sacrifice. And then once I do that, then I'll go to I'll curse them. So he took him up on this certain mountain and overlooking Israel, and he said, "Okay, now they burnt these sacrifices, did all this stuff, and then uh, Balaam starts to prophesy. And He prophesies and he says, says stuff like this, says, Oh Lord God, concerning these people Israel that has is multiplied over the face of the land, blessed are they, for they are the they are the God's children.'" They shall be blessed and no curse shall come upon them. And Balak is like, no, no, no. You're supposed to curse them. And he's blessing them. And he's getting, he takes it. Come on, get out of here. Let's go another place. And he went another place and he, and he did it again. He couldn't do anything but bless the people because when he'd go to, go to curse them, God would make come out of his mouth just a blessing to, to Israel. And then something happened. Then that never worked. So he told, told Balak, I know how you can cause them to be cursed. Take the Moabitish women and let them run into camp naked and those men will go after those naked women and commit whoredom and those women will lead them to the temple to their temple. They'll eat meat offered to idols and they'll sin against God and when they sin against God, God will curse Israel. He said that's what will happen. He said he sent a stumbling block to Israel is what Bale, Balaam did. Told him to do, and Balaam did it, and he rewarded Balaam for what he did. And God cursed Israel at that time, and many, many Israelites got, got got killed. God was bringing a plague on Israel because of what happened. And this, and this one guy, he saw there was a there was an Israelite man that was bringing one of the women over from the Moabites, and they were running through the camp. Um, and when when he saw him, he went after him with his spear, and he's shot the spear through the man and the woman and killed both of them and that stopped the plague that God was bringing upon Israel and, uh, and the plague was stopped but here we are in the book of Revelation go back to the book of Revelation chapter 2 just to give you a little bit of an understanding of what was going on he says here that they were teaching this doctrine of Balaam the doctrine of Balaam was you couldn't get them anyway they were teaching them that it was okay for them to commit fornication that they still were Christians and eat meat sacrificed to idols. Do you remember in, book of, in Acts chapter 15 when, the, when, the, when they were concerned because the Gentiles were coming to salvation? That's when Gentiles were first coming in. And, it were, and, and they said, and, and the commandment was that, to tell the Gentiles to not eat things sacrificed to idols to avoid blood and fornication. Stop that they can't do that. And here, this doctrine, a teaching them that it's okay to do that. It's okay to sin with your body, but not, but not with your spirit. And that's the doctrine. Said uh, Wes, did you want to say something, brother? Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, if
2: you wanted over and tie it with you, because it
0: says they ran in the way of Bala. Same type of ordeal I'm driving right now, but I think that would be a connection. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he said in the book of Jude, if you go to verse uh, 11, it says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the era of Balaam for reward. See, Balaam got a reward from Balak for 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 causing Israel to sin, to cast the stumbling block and perish in the gainsay of Korah. So that's what the West was talking about. Good, that's a good scripture there for it as well. So here, there's these doctrines, these teachings, and what they were doing, they were telling them it was okay. It's kind of like today. People are saying, well, you know, it's okay. You know, they have people who come to the church and stuff that are men living with women that are, that are not married. And today in the society we live, it's, um, like it's like they feel like it's okay. They don't even tell them anything about it. Because they, they tell them, they tell him, you know what? You you saved in your sin. You're fine. You know, if you're sinning, okay, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Because fornicators, in other words, sex before marriage. If you're doing that, you won't you won't make it. You won't make it to this end that we read in Revelation chapter 22. Because those are, those are your works, and you're bringing forth bad works. And he says, no fornicator, no no one that commits sex before marriage is going to enter into the kingdom of God. They won't do it. You say, "Oh well, come on, come on, man! You know, you know. Hey, that's not my, that's not me. That's what God said. It's got to stop. It's like Ben says, it's a distraction. To keep you from the kingdom of God." So it says there, the children of Israel, verse uh, fourteen. But I have a few things against you because you, thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast the stomach before the children of Israel to eat, sac- eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of, of the Nicolaitans. Now, these two doctrines are very similar. The doctrine of Balaam is a doctrine of seducing them. They seduce them to commit fornication. Both these, in Balaam in, in, um, in the Hebrew means to conquer the people, but Nicolaitans in the Greek also means to conquer the people. So they would conquer the people with their false doctrines, and the Nicolaitans... The Lord said he hated that doctrine because they were te- they, the doctrine taught, people, taught them that they could sin and they w- wouldn't die or, and they would still have eternal life and, in their sin. The Lord hates that. What does he say to do about that? The next verse says in verse 16, he says, repent. Repentance is, as we've done videos on and we taught on many, many times, repentance is a departure from sin. He says, repent is the same thing he's saying, depart from the sin. Have a turnaround, turnabout in your life or else what will happen? If you don't stop doing this, if you don't stop fornicating, if you don't stop the sin, he said, I will come unto you quickly and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. We know what that is. Go ahead, Don. Word of God. That's right. And remember, remember we saw in Revelation 1, the sword is what comes out of his mouth. You'll also find that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he says when he comes to fight against the, the, the false prophet, he, he said with, with what comes out of his mouth will kill them. Also, in Revelation chapter 19, if you turn there, <clears throat> Revelation 19 uh, verse 15, this is when he goes forth to fight, the Lord does, to fight the battle at the end. And it says, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads on the winepress, the fierceness of the wrath of, of the Almighty God. So we, we see that what's coming out of his mouth is a sword, and that sword will kill. The
2: next verse is on his thigh.
1: Is that like a, a
0: tattoo? Or... Next verse is what? Where are you at? You in Revelation two
2: sixteen?
0: Nineteen sixteen. Oh Revelation. Oh, you're still in nineteen. Okay. Yeah, I was just pointing that out in there, uh, Cedric, but um uh, and you were saying what what were you saying about it? Verse
2: sixteen.
0: And saith on his on his vesture, on his clothes, and on his right on on his side a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah, and then it uh, it doesn't say that it was a tattoo. I just think it's just a name written there. That, I'm, not, I'm not
1: trying to be ignorant.
0: I don't think it's a tattoo. I, I think it, it's something that's written on him that's inscribed on him. Not, not that he went and got a tattoo and put it there, but it's just it's just written there. Okay. I've
2: heard people ask me that before, so I want really? to mention
0: sure that. I've heard the same thing. Oh, wow. I never heard that. So the sword that
1: he's talking about in Matthew 10, where he says, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. hmm.
0: Bringing the word, our, our sword uh, is indicates a, a piercing, uh, like uh, in Hebrews four twelve it says uh, the word of God is like a sword, you know, a double edged sword, piercing and dividing the, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It comes, the word of God, the sword is, is, is uh, figuratively of, of a, uh, the whole of God. Uh, yeah, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, exactly. So, it's, it, and what does the word of God do? What does the sword do? It convicts, it penetrates the heart. To show you your heart, to pierce it, and show you what's really within. So, yeah. What
1: is vesture? What is what? Vesture.
0: Not- vesture is like a garment. Okay. okay, like you put a vesture on as a garment. Um, so, so then he, he says, I will come and fight against him. I, I want to point out, too, what you're going to see here, too, is he's talking to the these whole churches. And he's not just bringing out the ones that are doing that and he's talking to the church like you need to get deal with this you need to deal with these people that you have in there doing this thing or else I'm going to come and do this or do that so it's not just to the individual anyway yeah Kelly Kelly did you want to say something
2: yeah yeah I was just thinking thinking about uh, about how he's going to he says converts will judge you Uh, in the last day, and, you know, judgment, my words will judge everyone for every little kind of word they speak. So I was thinking that Satan about the sport coming out of his
0: feet. Yeah, in John, in John chapter 12, it says that uh, he said, I came not to judge you of the world. But he said, the word that I spoken unto you, it shall judge you in the last day. That's good, Kelly. This is the word that the Lord said. These words that we read They are spirit and they are life and they will judge you in the last day. That's why it's so important that you take the word of God very seriously because that's what will be our judge at the last. So then he goes back and now in verse 17 and he says, he says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So he wants you to understand. He wants you to have an ear for it. Uh, The scripture talks about those that having ears, they do not hear. Those that have eyes that do not see. Why? Why can't you see? Why can't you hear? Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 20, 29, 15, 29, 13, it says, I will be found of those that seek me with all their heart. It, 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 take, it requires that the Lord becomes the most important thing too, that you seek him with all your if you just lack a days you're, oh, I don't know I got plenty of time I'm, I'm not going to die and you, and you just say well, I'm just taking a chance or are you thinking oh well I don't know that, that's just a bunch of humbug or whatever it might be that you're thinking in your, in, in your mind to put this off these words will judge you in that last day you take heed to what he says because those are the words you will hear again I assure and promise you you will hear these words because that's what, you'd be, that's what we live by. Uh, verse 17 says, He that hath ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Every single church, he says this at the end of all seven churches, he speaks to To him that overcomes, will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. So these are all words saying, listen, I'm giving you eternal life. I'm giving you these rewards of eternal life. I'm writing your name in a stone. It's not going to be removed. You're going to have this because you walked with me and you overcame sin and you walked in victory. So that, that concludes the book, of uh, the, the, the church of, uh, of Um So does anyone have any comments or any questions about the book of uh, the uh, churches. Do we have anything, Cedric? Verse 17, <clears throat> the hidden. Um, because the world can't receive it. It's hidden to the world. Uh, this manna, you you receive it. This manna is a spiritual manna. It's like he, he talks about in, in um in John chapter 6. Uh if you if you go there, remember the manna that he had there. Let's let's turn there real quick and talk about that just a minute. John 6. He had just fed uh Thousands here in, in John chapter six and they they were so impressed at what he had done that he had fed them and that like most people they, want, they wanted somebody to take care of them. so they followed Jesus after he had fed all of them and they wanted to make him king and he fleed from them because that's not what he was called for and that's not what he wanted. He wanted to preach the, the, the news to all. And he crossed the sea and got away from the people, but they followed him anyway, and they found him on the other side. They wondered, man, how did you get here? You know, because Jesus had walked over the sea. And um, Jesus told him, he said, you don't seek me because you sought a miracle, but you seek me because of the loaves uh, and you were filled. You're seeking me for the bread and fish. And some people just think they want to follow the Lord so they can get something from God or they want to do, do good because they want to get something, you know, and we talked about that in this morning in first uh, Timothy chapter six, about those who preach gain as godliness. They want to, they, they want to get something instead of just really want to follow the Lord for what they are, what the Lord is. And he says, labor not for the meat, which perishes, but for the meat, which, which um, endures forever. Uh, that the son of God will give you. And he said, what work was we doing? He says, this is the work of God as you believe in the one whom to fall that sin. Then they say, and Jesus said uh, to them, they, they said, oh, ever give us this manna, this bread from heaven. And Jesus said, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giving you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So the, the manna there, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, he's the bread. He's the hidden man.' So if you get the hidden manna, you getting Jesus. You say, you, you're eating his flesh. That's what the whole chapter, chapter 6 was. And some walked, 70 of them walked away because he had told, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you, you can't have any part of me. You have to eat, eat his bread, eating his body, drinking his blood, is, is eating his word. Believing his word is what eating and drinking his body is. And he said, then he says, whoever comes to me shall never thirst, whoever believes on me shall never hunger. Go ahead, Wes.
2: Yeah, it, But he says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So a lot of the people don't have ears to hear. And like in Matthew... white stone. Now, now that your life
0: before, it's going to be remembered. Amen. Thank you, brother. Okay, any other questions on Pergamos? The church of Pergamos. So this is three churches, okay, so far, right? We did the church of Ephesus, the, 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 church, the, uh, the church of, um, of, uh, of uh, what was that second one? The church of uh, Smyrna. Smyrna, and now the church of Pergamos. So out of the three, we had one church that walked righteously, and the other two that, that had problems in it, and now we're going to the fourth church. Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go through this because it's very similar to fourth church to, to the third church. So we're gonna go through it a little bit faster. So I'm gonna ask um, if if you don't mind, um, Don, would you read uh, from verse verse of the church of Thyatira, from verse eighteen to um, to verse uh, twenty nine? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, right, these things saith the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy work and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy work, and the last to be more than the first. Never uh notwithstanding. I have a few things against thee, because thou hast suffered not, uh, or hast suffered... Yeah, you've
0: allowed Jezebel, yeah.
1: Yeah, woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent and her fornication, and she repented not behold, I cast her into a bed, and them that committeth adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Keep going? Yeah. Okay. And I will kill her children with death, O my. And all the churches shall know that I am uh, he that uh, searcheth the reins and hearts, and I shall I will give them unto every one of you according to your works. Uh, But unto you, I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you no other other burden. that which ye have already hold fast uh, till I come and he that overcometh and keepeth my word unto the end, to him will I give power over the nation and he shall rule rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as I receive of my father, and I will give him the morning star. He that hear, have hath a hear, an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit say unto the
0: church. Thank you, Don. So here we we, we have the Church of Thyatira, and uh, the church was doing some good things again, but he had a few things against them. And what they were doing was they were they were permitting, allowing. That woman, uh, as with like a Jezebel, uh, to come in and calling herself a prophetess, calling herself a a woman of God, basically.